Welcome to the Authentic Wife Show. I'm Beth Rolls, a conscious marriage coach and author of The Authentic Wife, Uncaging Yourself Through Marriage. I help driven moms who love their kids more than they hate their marriage use the conflict in their relationship to become their most authentic selves so they can create a relationship and life they don't want to escape from. Stop waiting for your husband to evolve and start making every day feel like a vacation. You can find my book, tons of free resources, and Happily Ever After, the only marriage-saving coaching program on my website, theauthenticwifeandmom.com. Thanks for joining me today. Let's get started. Hello, beautiful woman. I just want to remind you that you are wonderful and worthy just as you are. Thank you for being here. I do want to let you know that this episode is going to be about um, bedroom topics. So if you have kiddos around, you might want to listen to it later. So if you follow me on Instagram, sometimes I post in my story asking for podcast topics. And this one came in from one of my followers. She wanted to know about balancing sex when you have kids. And I'm going to read into that and assume that Somebody in the relationship wants it more than the other person, and probably the other person feels very busy with whatever else they're doing. Maybe it's the kiddos. Um, I've seen this go both ways. It's one of the top complaints on the different forums and stuff that I'm in. Somebody wants it more than the other person, and then they just don't know what to do. So we're going to dive into that, and I want to try to give you the what's worked for me, the best advice I know. And if you want to go even deeper into like the actual act of it and learning how to um, navigate different problems with that, I highly recommend that you go to Dr. Laura Berman. Um, She's got a podcast, I believe it's called The Language of Love. And she's the foremost expert on the actual act. But the woman that I'm speaking to is probably somebody like me who is not so interested in it. I mean, where I was, it was more like I was really upset with my husband and having sex was one of the last things on my mind. And I was annoyed by it and didn't want to do it. And I just had so much going on. So I want to talk about um, my experience with that and how you can shift out of this and what to do and blah, blah, blah. So let's just dive in. Okay. So the first point I want to make is that you should never do it when depleting emotions are present around it. So there's no guilt. There's no shame. There's no feeling like I should do it. I'm going to just go have to do it. I don't want you to agree to do that if your body's a no to it. Um, Because there's something else there that you need to tend to first. And it would be inauthentic for you to go there when your body's a no. And that doesn't mean that you won't get there eventually. But we need to deal with some of that stuff under the surface first. But the very first thing is, if you feel like a no somewhere inside, just trust that. And explain to them, look, I, I don't feel right about this right now. I might say, I really care about you and I want things to be better. And I'm not trying to reject you. I just, it's a no right now. 
And this is true if you are sick or ill or something too. If you just don't feel up to it, if you legitimately um, just are a no, if you are a no, then be a no. And, you know, own that. Don't try to convince yourself that you're not because that's where we run into problems. If you convince yourself that you're fine and you do it, it's just going to add to your resentment bucket and you are going to have a harder time getting back to a healthy place with him because you've done something again where you've abandoned yourself to make him happy. So trust your no. If you feel angry, resentful, hatred, disgust, it's not time to have sex with somebody. Um, sex is an elevating energetic experience. And because you are sharing your energy with them, it's pretty hard to say, come play with me. Let me share some anger with you, right? Like it will just, no, just don't do that. And then there is the other part of it that I think kind of leads to this, which is my theory, uh, kind of based on some evolutionary psychology that I read and just my own experience. And you can tell me if you think this is totally crazy, but my theory is that if we're not feeling like we can raise our current children well, at the moment. So we've already got a family and we feel like we are not raising them well. Like we feel like we are drowning. Um, we feel overwhelmed. We feel like it's just us doing everything. Um, if we, if we also think that our partner is not being a good dad to them, uh, if finances are really, you know, a challenge, if we just think that things are not going well, then my theory is that we won't be in the mood for sex, even if having more children isn't an actual possibility. I think that at a deeper level, we shut down to it. Uh, to me, it's like our body's going, you know, whoa, lady, like you are drowning. Now is not the time to be messing around with this. You do not need more children. You can barely take care of the babies you have. Hell no. <laughs> like, what do you think about that? That is totally my theory. If that area of your life feels too stressful, feels like it's not being accomplished well, if there are not the resources there, including like your time, your attention, your energy to bring in more children into the picture, then I think our body is like, no, I'm not going to, just not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. This is a bad idea. And I always, I don't know why, but anytime I think about any kind of theory about the way things are, I go back to like this image of, um, I don't know, like this naked long haired woman running through Red Rock Canyon <laughs> out in the desert, you know, and she's like trying to protect her babies and um, you know, just way back. And I'm talking like way, way back in time, like what would she be thinking and needing? And if she was just barely trying to survive with her babies out in that environment, she wouldn't be cozying up to some stranger to have more babies. Right. Especially if she already has a husband there. I mean, that would, you would never do that. So, um, and if he, and if her husband there was trying to get more, she'd say, hell no, no, <laughs> we've got enough. We're busy. Right. So I think that you really have to pay attention to how that actual partnership that you already have is going and how raising your kids is already going. And if you are struggling, 
then admit that and do the work. You know, in my Happily Ever After program, we we spend six months on turning the relationship around. And part of that is bringing the partnership into balance and being able to ask for help in a way that you actually get it. And um, just feeling like you have more, not control, not anxiety, but more, um, you feel more empowered about the way things are going with your family and you don't feel like you're drowning anymore. So I think anytime you have depleting emotions, no matter what it's around, you really have to get clear on what your soul is asking you to do. Those are messages from our soul saying, Hey, you need to sit down and look at this for a minute. Something is happening here. You can't just pretend that everything is fine and shift up and go on the breath and accept the situation and just breathe through it. You can't bypass that work. You have to listen to what your soul is asking you to do. And in this case, I think it's asking you to have a better partnership and stop taking on everything alone. Even if it feels like that's your only choice, there, there's more you can do. You know, if he's away and you're kind of a solo parent because of his work, he could get a different job. You could outsource more things. Um, you could be clear that when he's home, he's going to do more. You can take more time for you. There are just so many ways to bring that into a better balance so that you don't feel like you're drowning. So that's the first thing. If you're a no, honor your no. and Don't feel guilty about it because I don't think that he... I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a man, but if it were me, I wouldn't want somebody to do it just out of obligation. And because they didn't really want to do it, like, that's not a fun time. They want you to be into it. Um, so that brings us to our next point, which is that men and women just have different needs here. And I'm, again, I'm not a man, but from all the things I've seen, this is the, one of the number one things they're like sex and food, <laughs> they're two biggest things. I, it just is insane to me. And yes, you can argue that they can do some work on that and maybe they don't need it as much, but let's just assume that they need it differently than women do. And I think that you get another one of my theories. I think that the reason why they seem to want it more is that men are typically not empaths like we are. They are not picking up on the energy of things. They're not feeling the energy of things. They're not as in tune to um, emotions and sensing love. Like they, they know it's there, but I don't think that they can... You know, like when we walk into the room, we kind of know how people feel about us. And I don't think that they always know that no matter what we say or do. I mean, I think they depend on that right now. What we say or do is like a physical or tangible kind of expression or proof of our love for them. But they really want to like feel that energy, feel that love, like feel it in their bodies. Um, so I think that because they aren't picking up on that energy, touch can bring them right into connection with it. So remember, like our voice is just a, like a conduit for our energy. So what we say is important. The way we say it is important. Um, touch is also a conduit for our energy. So they like literally feel the energy of your love through that touch. So it's bringing them right into connection with the energy of your love. 
And I think, you know, sometimes they say vulgar things and like, that doesn't matter. That's just, they just want, you know, that the physical sensation of it. But I don't think that's necessarily true. I think that the, what they feel from it is more of our love and that we're still connected. And um, it's like, and another thing is that they don't release oxytocin until after they orgasm. So those bonding hormones that we get beforehand, they don't get till after that. So that's like, they literally feel a loving connection to us after orgasm. And I don't know who set it up that way. And I don't think it's fair, but that's just what it is. And that's probably why we continue to procreate and don't let the species die because we have these things set up the way they are. So it's, you know, there's, there's just some science behind it. That's just the way it is. Um, so yeah, they're looking for that feeling, that energy of your love and touch is like the most direct, easy way for them to like decode it for them to understand it, for them to feel it. It's like, um, you know, you could just stand somewhere and shout something, but if somebody like calls you and you establish a connection on the phone, then they hear what you're saying. So it's kind of like that in my mind that they are really picking up on the love that you feel, but they have to establish this connection first. They have to plug in. Uh, it's so wrong. So another thing about that is that I don't think and I've read Dr. Berman say this too, like there's nothing wrong with just a quickie when you're just feeling kind of neutral about it. And um, so that means that you don't feel any depleting emotions. You're not necessarily into it, but you're like, you know, I could, or I couldn't, doesn't really matter. Most of the time we are not making time for connection to ourselves anyway. And that's why we feel like we don't have time for it. Uh, if you don't sit down and really connect to your higher self and take time for things like meditation and self-care and you're always doing and always busy, then to you, it could feel like, um, like a waste of time. Like it's not productive. And I want to help you shift your mind on that and know that it is so productive for your, the health of your relationship just because that's what I've experienced. That's what my clients have experienced. Um, it's worthwhile time to show both of you that connection to your higher selves through sex is important. Connection to your higher selves, however you do it, is important. But we tend to put that being instead of doing energy off to the side because it doesn't feel like a good use of our time. Just like I wanted to meditate last night and I put it off until I fell asleep and never did it because it felt like a task I had to do, which is so dumb. Like I'm literally just laying in the bed, scrolling Reddit or something. that was doing nothing more productive than that. But our brain tricks us into thinking that it needs to be busy. And slowing down and just being present isn't worthwhile, but it is. We know it's so good for us. We know, and then we pretend that it isn't. So I would challenge yourself to remind you that you're worthy of that time to just be present and just to be. 
Another point I want to make about that, and I read it in one of Dr. Berman's books, and I hate that it's true, but it's true. And so for men, sex feels like a pretty real need. And when we agree to be monogamous, to have, you know, we're just one partner, we're going to be together for the rest of our lives. That's why we got married. We do have some level of responsibility to allow them to meet that need with us. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) We agreed to be their only partner for the rest of their lives. We, we signed up for that in some ways. It doesn't mean you do it when you don't want to, but it does mean that you at some level need to make it a priority. And you can argue that it's not a need for them, but I think, I mean, it really seems to be seems to be a very valid concern, a very valid need for them. And I'm talking about men here, but there are a lot of women who feel this way too. There are women who have husbands who don't want to have sex and they're feeling the same way. So if you, if the shoe was on the other foot and he turned you down every single time, you'd start to get really frustrated too. Um, I think all of us need it at some level. Sometimes we pretend we don't, but I think we really do at some level. Um, I remember being single and wishing there was somebody around sometimes. Um, So I think it comes from somewhere, somewhere deep inside. We do need to do it. We're driven to do it. But um, when we agree for them to depend on us in that way, because it's like one of the only ways they can really depend on us. I mean, we kind of have to fulfill our end of the deal, right? Like that's, that's what we're there for. And if you don't want to, then you have to accept that they're probably going to go elsewhere. They're probably going to find some other way to meet it. And ideally, they just do that on their own. But, you know, be aware that if you are constantly saying no, like for months, years at a time, you're kind of giving them not much choice but to be unfaithful. And I don't want to excuse people who cheat. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying, be aware of your role in this situation. Uh, I don't know. That's probably all <laughs> that I will say about that. I think there are a lot of women who wish that they didn't feel like kind of possessive of their man and, and feel that threat when the man has sex with somebody else because I think there are a lot of women who are so busy with life that they would be fine, <laughs> like like with the old school brothels and stuff. You know, their needs are that high, then fine, let them do it somewhere else, you know. Um, and uh, it's tricky to navigate that because I think most women would say, no, I don't want to share him. Well, okay. So until we have like robots and stuff, <laughs> you know, okay, this, this, message is devolving. So the last thing that I want to talk about, which probably should have been the first is that sex is an energetic exchange. First and foremost, what you see in the videos or on TV is such a poor, awful, horrible representation of what sex is. And if your man watches a lot of those videos, um, he probably has no idea how to really have a sacred sexual experience with you. And that's really sad. Um, those, those videos are not real life, not what it is about at all. It's not, you don't have to do or be anything different 
to have an enjoyable time. You don't have to dress a certain way. You don't have to do all kinds of crazy things. If that's who you are and you prefer that, fine, but it's not necessary because the mind-blowing orgasm doesn't happen from the external things. It happens from the energetic connection you both have to your higher self or your soul or your spirit or God during that interaction. So you imagine kind of like a loop that's flowing between you. And the idea is that your intention before sex is for him to feel your love. And then you want to receive his love. So your love, this love energy is going out through you into him, back into you, out through you, into him, out from him, into you, and et cetera. It just keeps cycling through you. And if you really pay attention to where your energy goes, you have, um, you know, you're more engorged, you're more sensitive in those specific areas. You have a better physical time, but the, the actual experience is so much more heightened and so enjoyable. And if you want to learn more about that, you can join us in Happily Ever After. We touch on it, or you can read Quantum Love by Dr. Laura Berman, which is where I read a lot of the different energy exercises and how that works. Again, she's totally the expert on the bedroom stuff. Um, so I highly recommend you go check her out. But you have to begin that encounter by becoming aware of your intention for the experience. And most of us have these old, you know, unconscious intentions of like feeling wanted, feeling needed, making him happy, um, whatever it may be. But when you set a conscious intention before it, for him to feel your love and for you to receive his and absolutely heightens the experience and makes it more enjoyable. And if you have one of those, um, you know, unconscious intentions or subconscious intentions to make him feel happy or to feel wanted, you need to explore those inner child needs first. You can't come to the bed with that kind of baggage and experience sex the way it's meant to be experienced. It will never fill you up. Um, there are, I know Gary Zukav wrote in his book, The Seed of the Soul, about how he was a sex addict and how it stemmed from his relationship with his mother, the one that he had had with his mother, not filling him up in the ways he needed um, as a child, I'm assuming like more neglectful or she was never happy with him or whatever it was. And so he's always looking for that love but through sex, or he was, I, obviously he's, he's a pro. I, I think he's way past this. Um, so if you have a partner who's like that, the best thing that you can do is grow yourself up and be self-regulated and be the adult self, which allows him to grow up as well and to pay attention to those unmet needs that he has from childhood that are driving his behavior in the bedroom. Or it could be you, the woman, you could feel the same way. If you feel like you constantly need it or need it to be more exciting or whatever, it, those are unmet childhood needs at play. It has nothing to do with expressing your sexuality or getting your physical needs met. You have to pay attention to the emotion underneath it because 
again, you should not be going into this with those depleting emotions. You should already be regulated and want to share that loving energy with him, want to have that beautiful connection to your soul and want to experience that together, have the sacred, beautiful experience that's heightened and almost magical and so enjoyable. And it really takes presence. So for me, when I started this work, one of the big things I had to admit and realize was that I was in my head all the time. So during it, I was in my head. It was not a body experience for me at all. And these different energetic exercises helped me get back into my body and be fully present during the moment. And it is much more enjoyable that way. Hmm. So <laughs> if, if you're on either end of the spectrum, basically the takeaway here is do the inner child work first to figure out what kind of emotional baggage you're coming with. When you are feeling those depleting emotions, when you feel angry, resentful, hate, disgust, um, even sadness, if you go to those emotions when you know, when you're asked to have sex or when you think you should be having sex, you need to explore those triggers and understand where it's coming from. Stop abandoning yourself. Pay attention to what your soul wants, because if you aren't listening to it, then you're doing things over and over again from an inauthentic place. And that just adds more to it. It just builds up that energy of resentment or disgust or whatever it is. And that's not at him. It's at you for not listening to yourself. The resentment is from you abandoning yourself and what you really wanted. So it's a journey. These things don't get fixed overnight. Um, it takes time. My clients do this work in their fifth month of being with me. We start talking about it a little bit earlier because we have to be open to receiving love, but they don't actually design this perfect sacred sexual experience with her husband until their fifth month because all that work needs to happen beforehand. Um, and then it just, again, it just takes time. It takes healing. It takes, um, being open, being vulnerable, being ready. And when you are, it's beautiful. So I wish that for you. I think that you can have any kind of sexual experience you want with the man you're with. You just have to change your intention for it. If you want to get your freaky deke on, you can. You set that intention before you begin. And that's the kind of experience you'll have. So you don't need to look outside your marriage to get what you want. You just need to create it. And I hope you feel empowered to do that because you absolutely 100% have the power to create that kind of experience. And I shouldn't have to say this to most of my listeners, but if you are being hurt or abused, you don't have to take that ever. You can get out of that relationship. I know there are resources, the domestic violence um, hotline. I don't have it in front of me, but don't, you know, that's part of boundaries and you should not be um, subjecting yourself to that kind of boundary violation ever. We talk in Happily Ever After about, um, you know, verbal boundary violations, um, not parenting our kids the exact way we want to. So absolutely, if you're being hurt by somebody, um, 
don't, don't hang around. I know it's easier said than done. And I feel for everybody who's in that situation. Um, but there are resources out there. If you ever need help finding them, reach out to me and I'll do my best to get you connected to those. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for being here. One of the things that will help you get to a place of feeling like your partnership is more balanced and that you feel more supported would be communicating in a different way to get more help. So I encourage you to go to my website, theauthenticwifeandmom.com. Under um, the top, the marriage tab are lots of resources. And you can also find a free download called 30 Texts to Get More Help. These are templates of how to say things. You don't have to say them over text. You can just, you know, kind of read what the idea is, how to, how to phrase things, and then just, you know, speak them to your husband. And that's the way you guys communicate. Sometimes texts work really well. They can sit with something for a while and really absorb it. Um, but either way, go check out that 30 text download on the authenticwifeandmom.com. Follow me on Instagram at family being, you can ask me a question there or give me an idea for a topic for our next podcast. And I will see you next week. Have a wonderful day.